Sex and the Sarah Rose story. I'm Glenn Klein. Sarah, what's your story? Hey, Glenn, I've got an exciting story for us today. Very happy to have with us a very special guest, one of my dearest and oldest friends, Aaron Hickok, who is the creator of Cards for Humanity and her special deck, which is my favorite, Let's Talk About Sex, is the one that we play every week on Sex and the Sarah Rose Story. And so we have Erin here today to tell us her story and to play a round of cards with her. So it's a really exciting day. It, it really is. And I'm very surprised that your favorite deck is uh, Let's Talk About Sex. It's shocking. I know. It's very, very shocking. I mean, I would have thought something like um, five days as a nun would be my favorite. I thought it was going to be, let's talk about horticulture. That's what that was, was my guest. Horny culture? A horny culture. That's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, without any further ado, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Sex and the Sarah Rose Story. We know her. We love her. We would not want to live without her. Erin Hickok. Erin! Hello. Hi, you guys. Thanks for having me on today. Thanks for being here. Such had. a gift. Thanks for being here. Ah. We're so excited. I love you, Aaron. So Aaron and I, we've been friends a long time, but I'm really excited to share with uh, my fans who are also your your fans. I feel like they, they've already heard about you. They already love you, but they want to hear more about Erin Hickok and her story and the Cards for Humanity story. So where did this begin? Oh, well, you know, uh, Sarah, I originally, um, you know, wasn't planning on creating a games company. Uh, I was living in Austin, Texas. I was having my birthday party and I just wanted a better game to play uh, than that other black and white um, game for horrible people is what their tagline says. <laughs> and, um, so I just made it and played it and had an amazing time with my friends. And, um, as people started asking for it more and more and asking me to make it an actual deck, I did. And then of course the, uh, let's talk about sex deck, uh, came along, uh, as well. Of course, people were asking to have a little more open communication around sexuality. So that's where that one came from. Cool. And how many years ago did you start this? Um, so it's been uh, it's been five and a half years since the idea, like since the birthday party. Uh, but it really it took two years to first of all decide I was going to actually make it into a card deck, and um, and then play test it and fundraise the money in order to do the first printing. Um, so it's it's been about three years since it's actually been in print, and since then we actually have created four different decks we we won a crowdfund campaign so now all the decks have like really great packaging and we have like our own um like barcodes on them it's like super legit <laughs> um and uh we have more decks coming this year we're really excited we've got some big big stuff coming um later on this year what are, what are the topics so of the other decks uh, so the original deck is called cards for connection and that one um if you notice the rainbow colors, just like the Let's Talk About Sex deck, those are based on the chakras. And um, they just include, the Cards for Connection is more uh, just like how to connect with each other in a way that's really positive, supportive, affirming, um, creates more compassion. 
Um, and then, of course, there's the Let's Talk About Sex, which is all about love, relationships, and sexuality. And then we have two more decks, the Infinite Blessings deck, which is just beautiful blessings uh, for humanity. And uh, the last deck, which is incredibly powerful. Actually, I'm really excited you guys asked about it. Um, that one's called Positive Programming. And that helps people, uh, you know, if you've ever been kind of in a negative thought spiral, uh, maybe feeling pretty down and have some negative thoughts in your head. Well, I created a whole deck of cards with positive thoughts, not just like general like affirmations, but really positive thoughts about the negative thoughts to help you accept what's happening right now, uh, to really come to terms and create more forgiveness, openness, and acceptance in your own head uh, so that you can live the life that you are here to, to live. Like, like what would one be, for example? Um. Well, they ha they're also based on the chakras, so that's different. Each color has a different topic, but an example would be um, I'm open to the possibility of moving forward, even though I don't know what that looks like right now. That's so cool. Sarah, how did you and Aaron meet? So I was trying to think about that. Was it at Authentic Relating Games or Ecstatic Dance? I think it was, I think it was first at Authentic Relating Games. Um, when we first connected with each other, that was way back in the beginning um, when I was starting to work on the cards projects. Um, I think I met you actually before I um, brought that to my birthday party. What kind of games? Authentic relating. And I feel like that would have been at least six years ago that mm -hmm. I met you there. It's been a while. Uh, so yeah, authentic relating games are great. They were actually a really pivotal part of my growth and my openness, um, becoming just like more connective with people. Um, the Sarah Rose that you all know today has definitely not always been this way. There was a point where a long period of my life where I was very, very shut down. Um, it was very difficult to be open and connect um, authentically with people. And Authentic Relating Games really helped me a lot with that. I met a lot of great people uh, in that community that I love to run into from time to time. Uh, I was actually out dancing a couple weekends ago and, and ran into somebody. And it was just so happy to, to make that connection again. Yeah. Um, what it, do you want to explain more about authentic relating? Sure. Um, just for our listeners, it's possible that there's an authentic relating community near you. And there's also some online versions. Uh, but the, basically it is a group that is, uh, that meets and helps people basically sharpen their social skills. Um, so really being able to open and connect with people um, from a place of honesty and understand how to use language uh, in a way that uh, where we own our own experience, that our emotions are okay, and that we speak in a way that's really accepting um, of other people. And I'll say the same thing for you. Um, you know, I wasn't always as open and expressed as I am, and really Authentic Relating Games was a huge turning point for me and also a huge thing that inspired me creating the cards um, because it's, you know, it's just such, these are basic skills that people really need to know. And it makes a huge difference in our lives when we can feel safe uh, to express who we are. So uh, I'm so glad that we met in that place and that it really, for, for both of us, it's really molded uh, and really shifted the trajectory 
um, that we've been on and help support us on our path. Aaron, yeah, definitely. Aaron, you t- uh, we heard Sarah say that she was not always open and she was shut down. Why don't you mm-hmm. let our listeners know a little bit about your story? How long have you been open? Were you always open? Did you have a process as well? Yeah. Um, uh, so I'll say I was, I was definitely, um, you know, pretty shut down, particularly around my sexuality. Um, I grew up in a cult. So, uh, you know, maybe not a lot of people know this, but it was a very strict uh, religion where like not only like was I not like the typical kind of religious stuff, but also like I couldn't wear jewelry or makeup. I couldn't um, wear pants. I couldn't watch television. Um, so I was very like sheltered and protected growing up. And so I, I well, which, and, one, which one was that? Um, it doesn't have a name. Uh, I <laughs> the, know it's super the strange. no name cult. <laughs> they, yes. They, they need, they need a branding expert, sir. That, that particular cult, I think. I feel like that is actually on brand for them. Um, <laughs> um, if you ask the people in the cult, they will tell you, um, or religion. I mean, you can call it a new religion if you want to. Um, they'll say it's called the truth, um, which is really interesting. But it did, honestly, it really contributed a lot to myself because I have had this connection to source. So when we talk about like Tantra and energetic things and and um, just like tapping into source and flow energy, so much of that for me comes from that upbringing. Um, and it's been, a, it's been a journey of undoing all of that kind of programming and really discovering who I am uh, in in my life. And I'd say I've been interested in personal growth and development um, since I was really young. Um, my mom had a lot of mental health issues. And so um, I've been interested in that kind of stuff, um, you know, since I was in middle school, I would say. So, you know, well over 20 years now. Um how and I would say I've really, really been open, I guess, since probably in the past like 10 years, I've really started opening up and then I've, you know, I keep on getting more and more open. So Amen. I'll let you know when I feel like I'm actually there. <laughs> how, how, did, how did you do it? How did you get out? Um, get out of, well, uh, I mean, I removed myself from my environment. So as soon as I could leave and go away uh, for college, I left and then I, took jobs where I traveled a lot and I very um, specifically live far away from my family so that I can be, I've chosen my family here in Austin to surround myself with people who are really expressed um, so that I can be myself. And now when I go back and see my family, um, I can still be myself around my family, which I don't think it would be as easy to do if I was living with them. Sarah, how much do you think it is a factor that when people have had a repressive let's say religious upbringing and then begin the freedom walk that like you and Aaron you were actually drawn together how much of a factor do you think that is oh yeah I mean like <laughs> like-minded people enjoy each other <laughs> for sure you know it, it helps it helps when somebody understands your journey and that's part of the power in um an online coaching program such as man on man on fire that has i'm sorry the group coaching dynamic of it um or even authentic relating that's a group environment right because you have others around you that get it they understand the journey that you're going through you have supportive people around you and as uncomfortable as it may feel at first to open up and be vulnerable to others because 
many people come into that space in a very closed, closed down, shut down uh, way. And so it feels very challenging, but the growth dynamic is, is really powerful in being able to connect with others. What percentage of clients that you've dealt with, Sarah, do you think have had a significant repressed upbringing? Well, I mean, I think repressed upbringing is uh, part of Western society. You know, it's part of the Judeo-Christian um, influence that we have. It's part of patriarchy. Um, that repression is just built into the system. So we have it to varying degrees, but I think you know all of us have it to some degree or another. Uh, you know, and it's really like. One of the things that actually came up this week in the Man on Fire group um, was what does liberation, what is that supposed to look like, right? Because Tantra is liberation. And I was talking to the guys about how the shadow work that we're doing, bringing in these lost parts of themselves piece by piece is bringing them more into wholeness. And really that wholeness is liberation from from the self-sabotage is liberation from show, but being the person that we think we should be instead of the person that we really truly are and how these guys, they live their lives um, as, you know, the way they should be as a dad, you know, the dad, they should be the husband, they should be the man, they should be the son, they should be all these things, all these shoulds that, that, keep us from just being able to express and it's a heavy burden to carry do you guys think that people that had more repression obviously as you said because of the religious underpinnings of the history of our society everybody has a level of repression of course and that's a really good point but is there a direct proportion to people who are really repressed like Aaron was and the level of freedom they experience after they get out. Have you seen any correlation there? I, I, I haven't seen any studies on this. I can't say 100%. And of course the people that come to me typically are coming to me because they have some sort of repression that they're trying to become free from. So my experience of it would be yes. Uh, and I see Erin shaking her head saying yes as well. Erin, have you seen studies around this? Are you? Um... No, I haven't seen any studies, but I um, I've worked with people my entire life. And I would say that that's kind of like a general, like a pendulum swing. If you think about like the, like how energy moves, um, that if a pendulum swings very far in one direction, it's going to swing really far in the other direction. Um, and I think it, that's like what gives us like a greater capacity. Um, and I'm not basing this just on um, repression as far as like sexuality goes, but also um, like in every area of life and all the ways that I've worked with people. It's, I think it's just a general principle that we just get not only a little bit more access, like capacity, because you have to kind of work it if you're going to, uh, but if you're coming from all the way over here, you, you, you swing pretty far. Um, I, I think that pendulum metaphor is so pivotal in every area of life. It's it's so evident in society. When, we, when you go from a patriarchy, as Sarah, you were saying, to a women's rights movement, 
and then here comes me too. The pendulum is going to have to swing because it's so far extreme for the entire breadth of the history of the planet. Of course, it's going to be a little bit man-hating for a little bit. But compared to the tens of thousands of years of recorded history of female and, and, and women uh, repression and suppression, this has been nothing. But I think that people need to understand, and we do this all the time in this country. I mean, how do you go from a Barack Obama to a Donald Trump? I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, it's incredible. But that, Aaron, that uh, metaphor of uh, the pendulum is so important in people understanding just the ebbs and flows of life, period, let alone sexuality. Yeah, I, I agree. It's definitely... Um, help me keep a, a calm perspective when I'm around other people. And also knowing that like when the pendulum swings really far in this direction, knowing that it's coming back to the center and that it's settling. Um, and I think this is true for individuals as well as like full groups of people uh, as well. What's the biggest pendulum you've had, Sarah, in your life recently? In my life recently? Sure. Mm. I, I, I could name one. I know one for sure what just that you had a really um relatively large media team and mm. that, so that was on one side where you really had a lack of personal con not per lack of control but certainly you had a lot of voices speaking into your effort and then the pendulum needed to swing the other way a little bit for example and i think it's really come to a nice center at this juncture so there's one do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, that was huge. I, I mean, I had went from having a team of almost 20 um, working for me uh, to deciding that I needed to take full control of my company, and that meant letting go of all of them. Uh, and so overnight, I had to figure out all the back end of my company on my own, and it was literally sink or swim. And it was about three months there of just complete <laughs> feeling like I was drowning in every moment. Um, but I didn't. And yeah, you know, here I am and I have a much better um, insight into what's going on in my company and um, a lot more, I feel a lot more empowered. You know, I get on calls with my business coach and he answered, asked me the questions and I actually know the answers to. We got on a call this week and he was, ask, you know, asking me like, all these different stats about my company and in the past i would be like i have no idea i didn't know what was going on um and he was like you know and i was able to answer every single question that he had for me and he was like you know how sexy it is when a woman knows her business and she's like really empowered and running her business he's like that's sexier than anything you post on instagram <laughs> I won't go that far, but it's pretty sexy. <laughs> you, when you when you were talking to your business coach and having all the stats and really taking charge, did you have like a big stogie, big cigar that you were smoking at the time? No, I just had the dildo in my pussy. <laughs> why would why would Bill Clinton have used the cigar on Monica Lewinsky? I wonder why. Why just because it was available? I mean, that does not seem like a very a uh, healthy thing to be putting up your uh, snatch, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> don't, don't, don't you agree, Aaron? Don't you agree? <laughs> I think people do all sorts of crazy things, and a lot of it has to do with convenience. 
That's a very good point. Just, I, recently, I recently saw a meme on a it was a, a gay men Instagram meme page, and uh, it was this guy, or it's like all these vegetables that he's washing in the sink that are like covered in shit, and he's like, "Gotta wash the vegetables before mom gets home to make dinner." <laughs> I, that's what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's like, a, that's oh, it's always man. it's always good to wash the vegetables before mom gets home. That's <laughs> always good advice, gentlemen. Uh Aaron, what's a big uh, old pendulum swing personally for you recently? Mm, you know, I'll say um a big thing so I've been working a lot on my business. Um and I've been focused for the past um 3 years going on tour, promoting the cards um, you know, being on stage and like doing like per kind of performance kind of stuff in the audience. And um, I just recently have shifted. I'm about to launch a group coaching program. Um, I've been a coach uh, or a consultant uh, for uh, the, over a decade and I have 20 plus years of leadership development experience. And I just had gotten away from it. I put all my focus on the cards and I was showcasing them and showing up on their behalf. And I just realized um, towards the end of the year this past year that I really needed to shift shift it so that I was focusing on building my business my personal brand and then using the cards to support me so that's been a huge huge shift for me um, like I also work with a business coach I'm working with an extra business coach right now to build my foundations um, and through that whole process it's like something so amazing that's happened this is kind of like the center part of the pendulum I've had incredible personal, transformation um just through shifting my life on those external things and like where my focus is on my business all of a sudden there's all this focus on my own self-care like more than ever before my own personal health it's really it's been i'm like still in the middle of it um and it's it's really it's been such a gift you have been coaching for 20 years. You, what did you start when you were 10? <laughs> um well i'm i'm actually i'm I'm 40. So, um, and I've been uh, in leadership positions since I was very young. Um, but I had my first management position um, when I was 16. So that's 24 years in doing leadership development work. It's so cool. We usually don't do the show, Sarah, on a video chat. We're usually strictly on audio. Yeah. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I hope the audio quality for you guys is good. And, and, and more than acceptable. But it's great to see Erin. Could she be any more full of light? I mean, it's incredible. She is. She's absolutely beautiful. Just glowing mm -hmm. all the time. Do you want to know my secret? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. So my secret is to do what I love. Like the key, I think, for humanity and why I do what I do is if our creativity our unique gifts and expression is unleashed in the world. This is what happens. You shine from the inside and it's like, nobody can deny it. And it's because I love what I do and I'm following my path. I listen and I follow my path. I, that's, that's what it is. It's not some sort of special cream. You can't buy it in the store. It's like, literally I'm listening to my heart and I'm expressing myself and I'm doing what I'm here to do in the world. And that's what, it's the best. It's better than any face cream you could ever get. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like I always say, pleasure is my true north. What do you follow my pleasure? What do you say though to men and women 
who will hear that, see you guys. You are just shining uh, like the North Star, both of you, all the time. What do you say to men and women who are stuck in a nine-to-five cubicle job and they were like, oh, my God, I wish I could have that. Those, these guys have been doing it for you know so long, but I'm just in the vicious cycle of life. What do you say to them? Well, I mean, I would say, first and foremost, not everyone that's in a nine-to-five cubicle job finds that to be a vicious cycle. Some people really enjoy the security that they have there. Um, they like to have somebody else be the one in charge and in control. And a conversation that Aaron and I actually started to have earlier today was around how, you know, running our business businesses, it's a very difficult process. You know, we have to wake up every single morning and we make it happen. We don't just show up to work. We are the work every single day and it never ends. So it's not, you know, like, oh, it's just all magic and rainbows all the time. You know, we're dealing with a lot on the business side that nobody sees on the, you know, the the front as the face of the company. We don't promote that on Instagram, right? Like nobody really cares, but it's there and it's the reality of our day to day. Um, so we, yes, we are doing what we love. Um, but it's not like it's just a walk in the park all the time. <laughs> no. Yeah, I would definitely, I agree. I just want to put out there one more thing is that you can be living in your passion and you know, working for someone else. It's, it's totally fine. It's like you were talking about following your pleasure. Like what if the job that you're doing nine to five is something that is giving you pleasure? Or what if the job that you're doing nine to five could be giving you pleasure if you put your mindset around it uh, and, and was really showing up actively appreciating and valuing and like bringing in pleasure like throughout your day and sharing that with other people. Like it's totally possible uh, in a nine to five. But if you know that you have something in your soul that needs your full-time attention and you're feeling that right now, then that's what's calling you forward. And you know, it's not, it's like Sarah said, it's not a, a walk in the park, but it is like the journey that is just so absolutely worth it to follow your heart, to follow your bliss, to follow your pleasure and to show up in the world in that way. There's no doubt about it. One of the things that I recommend to people who perhaps have families, obviously there are people that do enjoy a nine-to-fiver, and exactly what Sarah said, the security of it, and even find great pleasure in that. But there are people who are miserable. I would say we know statistically, they've done studies now, that 60% of Americans want to change their jobs. But if they're being practical and responsible about their bills and their families, et cetera, uh, start going towards your pleasure without having it be an income and if the income is eventually realized from it once that income even comes close to what you're making in your nine to five or that you're miserable in then you can flip but in the meantime you can be pursuing and uh having your pleasure be your north just like sarah and aaron how about that yeah absolutely and also you know it's always the internal work needs to be done first and foremost and if you're not happy with yourself you're not going to be happy regardless what job you have or what you're doing in life. And so doing the internal work, you know, getting in a program, doing that on fire, like really getting to know yourself, doing this personal development work, finding joy, finding bliss, finding peace inside of you. 
And then from that place, making choices in your life rather than just, oh, I'm miserable. And so I think a new job is going to help because it's most likely not like you, you are you regardless of where you're at. And it is true that we are and are influenced by the people that we hang around, whether it be at work or socially. But uh, Aaron, the inner work cannot be overstated. Oh, yeah. I mean, the personal growth and personal transformation is like, that's where it all starts. And then here's another thing. Like, I've had a lot of jobs in my life also. And like people, I mean, I've been a waitress. I've been a nanny. Like I've had like, like not exciting jobs. Right. But every single thing that I've ever done in my life has set me up for where I'm at right now. And I'm so grateful for that. And no matter where anyone is at, they are on their path. It's just like, look inside. What, you know, what needs to change? What do you need to do in order to bring, you know, if not pleasure, at least acceptance to this moment? Yeah, I mean, I look back on my life and I've had the nanny jobs, the waitressing jobs, like, and I actually, like, I remember those days, there was a sense, there was definitely some freedom there, you know, like, I knew how much money I was going to have, I knew what hours I was going to work, and, you know, it was, there's some, it's definitely, like, I look back on those days fondly, thinking, like, well, that was actually pretty fun, you know? <laughs> what, what, and, what restaurant did you work at, Sarah? Did you ever work at, like, a IHOP, where you had, that, like, that, you know, the cute, uh, IHOP waitress uniform. We want to want to try to get a visual of this. So no, okay. When I first moved to New York and I was modeling, I got a job at Times Square, uh, Times Square Brewery. So yeah, I was there, and I don't even like beer or drink beer hardly ever. Um, but <laughs> I was waiting tables right there in the center of Times Square, uh, and. Of course, everybody wanted a um, window right on the table. And that was where I met one of my best friends who I've been friends with forever now. And she's like more of a sister than anything. Uh, so we were working there together. She had just moved from uh, to the States from Slovakia and hardly spoke any English. So like I was helping her learn English on the job. And like, everybody would get us mixed up they would think that we were the same person and so we would sometimes kind of be um tricksters on people and <laughs> <laughs> but but the best story is i was working there and i remember uh the mets and the yankees were in um the subway series and the yankees won the uh the world series that year and that was super cool to be in times square when that happened uh so yeah lots of good memories <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's good the yankees won the subway series because if the mets would have won there could have been riots throughout new york so that, that's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i remember that well what about you air what, what are some of the uh cute uh stories or uniforms that you want uh, wore throughout your life Mm, a cute uniform. Yeah, yeah like we, were you ever a maid? Did you ever wear the nice French maid <laughs> outfit or anything? No, no. <laughs> um, you know, actually, I wear way cuter stuff now than I ever did. And <laughs> that, I when I go on tour, I travel and I wear this kind of. Uh, actually, I think Sarah's going to put it in the notes. There's like I wear like a black bustier and a rainbow um, skirt. I kind of look like a rainbow fairy godmother. That's, that's probably my best outfit. That, that, now that's super hot. That's, she's super hot. That's a good visual. 
<laughs> well, this has been the rendition of Story Time with Sarah and Aaron on Sex and the Sarah Rose Story. So uh, we we have our Ask the Professor mailbag segment, Aaron, and usually we have several questions, but we want to just get to one because uh, Finn uh, from Santa Fe wrote in. It's a very appropriate question for the subject, and then we want to pl play a round of uh, Cards for Humanity, all right? Great. Okay, so uh, Professor uh, Finn from Santa Fe writes in. It says, Dear Sarah, how can I move more quickly and weed through women and identify which ones are truly authentic and which ones are not? So a great way for both men and women to weed through people, first and foremost, is to only give your attention to people that value your attention. So there are a lot of guys that I see that will continually give their attention to women that don't value it. And they're wanting the hot girl, you know, there's like a certain image of this woman that they think that that's the woman they want. Well, they're never going to be happy if that woman isn't giving them the not valuing their attention. And so men and women both need to start to realize that their attention is valuable and only give that attention to people that value it. And that will cut out your, cut down your weeding process pretty quickly if you start looking at people from that perspective. That's awesome. Uh, Coach Aaron, anything to add to uh, the professor's comments? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say being really clear about what you want and um, being able to ask questions to help you identify if those people meet those qualities. And then it's kind of a, it's a fun process of getting to know people and just seeing if they're the right fit. But the more clear you are, the easier it is to see where to focus your attention. Yeah, jumping on what both um, our professor and coach said here, so much of this initially is back and forth on Bumble or whatever platform people are chatting back and forth on. I always tell my clients that if you're asking questions and they're answering and not asking you questions back, that's a really good sign that, that they're not being authentic because they're not interested in you like Sarah was talking about. That shows right away. It's very easy to say, well, I've asked two or three questions. She or he has answered them and they haven't asked me one goddamn thing. So I'm out. That's a good way. That's a good way. Yeah, to and start to realize that you are a high value person and live your life in that way. You know, only accept into your life those that value you. It's awesome. Well, before we get into full born to cards for humanity, uh, Aaron, what? Uh, how can people order it? First of all, what's what's the best way to order it? Ah, uh, well, today's a really excellent day uh, because tomorrow I'm actually going live on Amazon. Uh, with all the decks of cards. And in particular, uh, we're pushing uh, the original Cards for Connection deck. So think about like the, if the let's talk about sex is the spicy, this is like the get you warmed up uh, so you're ready for the spicy kind of deck. Uh, so if you just search Cards for Connection on Amazon, it will take you uh, right to our page. Or you can go to my website, gamesforhumanity.com. And um, you can purchase all the decks. And we also have digital versions and a few other goodies uh, on the website as well. And also, before we start playing, I, have to, I would be loath not to ask you. I'd be remiss not to ask you how having the last name Hickok shaped your experience. 
Um, I got made fun of a lot as a kid. I bet you did. I did. Um, yeah, and I had there was a, a really um, intense moment where they spelled my name wrong on an email address that they launched nationally. I've worked on a bunch of national campaigns, and it was Aaron H I G H C O C K. Oh my gosh, that was just so um, embarrassing at the time to have that nationally published as my name uh, and my email address. Um, it it made me it made me um, able to deal with teasing, and and I think actually I really like teasing now. Actually, <laughs> it, it, it became a kink for you, didn't it? I mean, I prefer to be the one. Well, no, I really like being teased. Also, yeah, it, it became a kink. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. I think I would love just to have the last name of Cock. Sarah Cock. <laughs> well, you you could do something about that. You're you're allowed. <laughs> You, you you could you give your middle name love, or loves Sarah loves cock Sarah loves cock. <laughs> That's good. Well, let's see what what could have been a worst. Um, I mean, obviously Aaron Hickok is a fine first name, but what would have been a bad, ineffective first name that for your folks to have given you? Um, maybe like Lazy Hickok. That would have not that <laughs> that wouldn't have been so. <laughs> T- Sad. T- tiny tiny Hickok. Oh. As a nickname, oh. that that would not have been uh, the most effective. So, so, so we're gonna play uh, cards for humanity. Uh, let's talk about sex. And yeah, and and so, would you like to uh, to host since you are the host with the most, Aaron oh. Hickok? Oh well, um, do you have the cards with you, or do I need to grab them? Yeah, why don't you grab some? Okay, I'll be back in one moment. All right, this is spontaneous okay. sex in the Sarah Rose story. So how Sarah, how often do you and Aaron get together? Isn't it just part up anymore? We used to see each other more often because we'd see each other at authentic relating games and um I used to host parties all the time and so I would see Aaron there. Uh, and then we would also do ecstatic dance together. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm not doing authentic relating. I'm not doing ecstatic dance. I'm not hosting the parties. I'm just full on tantric activation. And so uh, I don't I don't get to see Aaron that often. I think it's probably when was your launch party, Aaron? Um, for for cards for connection or for my for my um. Uh, the one that was at Soma Vita where I saw you last. Oh yeah, for my the launch party for the so that was a year and a half ago. Jeez. I, so I haven't seen Aaron in a year and a half. Well, we're no, have- no, I saw you at Randy's when we you had the party with all the women. Wasn't that's been since then? Oh, that was a year ago. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I think that uh, a Cars for Humanity Tantric Activation Conference in Tampa, Florida. Uh, is is needs to happen in the next uh, twelve months? That's what I'm saying right now. Is that where you yeah. live? Is Tampa? Is that where you Th- say that, that? That's where I'm based. Yes. I gotcha. All right. <laughs> All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Aaron Hickok's cards for humanity. Let's talk about sex. Aaron, <laughs> take it away. Excellent. How many? Um, how many cards do you think we want to play? Well, let's let's start with two. And uh, be, because we're up against the clock a little bit, but right. uh, but but have a third one ready just in case we have All right. three rounds. I've got it. I've got it. All right. I just picked a card. Uh, so the card is. I'll read it out loud, and then do you want me to answer first, or would one of you be willing to answer first? Uh, how how do you want to do it, Aaron? 
you're our guest. Um, I'll go first. I like going first. Uh, okay. I feel confident in my relationships when blank. Um, so I'll say the thing that has me feel the most confident in my relationships. Um, first is very clear communication. That is an absolute must. Uh, the second is when I can really feel them present with me. I'm getting turned on just saying it. It's like when, when, when my partner is like really there with me uh, and like has their attention all in that space, I definitely feel a lot more confident. And um, when we're just clear about what our commitments are, like what we want, what we don't want, and uh, we've communicated that, those things have me feel really confident in the connection. All right, I'll go. So uh, for me, it's always uh, having good sex. <laughs> if we're having, like, if there's really amazing sex, then I know that I can, I have something to work with. And <laughs> if not, then I'm probably not going to see that person again. Um, but I mean, and while like you can, you can definitely work on sex and it can get better and you can learn each other's bodies and all that. There has to be that initial of like, oh my God, yes, you know, and if that's not there, then I have, I have a hard time moving forward. That's really important to me. Uh, and, but compatibility in all areas of life, like I, I really look at all areas of life and compatibility before being willing to commit to a relationship. Um, and I won't even commit to a relationship until after I've been seeing somebody for at least four months. So that way I know like that initial just high passion phase has kind of worn down and I'm actually seeing the person more clearly seeing everything uh, as it is. And then at that point, it's like, okay, do we have, an, do we have alignment? Um, are we, are we able to really move forward together? And at that point I feel good. Why have you found four months to be the magic number? Well, because that is when uh, biologically, that's when the um, adrenaline, serotonin, and dopamine levels start to settle down in between two people. And they can, those levels can last up to 18 months, but they usually last at least the first four months. Right on. And during that time, you don't, you don't see a person clearly. They don't see you clearly. It's like real, nature's way of putting rose-colored glasses on you so that way you'll just procreate and, you know, have for survival of the species. That was a good question by me. <laughs> that was, I mean, four months. That's very interesting. That, that, I, I hope you guys and gals out there took note of that. Four months, that's the key right there. I would have said yeah, I, I would have said three months, but it's actually an, an additional thirty days, at, at least. And like I said, it can be up to eighteen months. So, what was the question? What was the question, Aaron? Uh, I feel confident in my relationships when blank. I am most confident in my relationships when uh, the people I'm in relationship with are responsive. In, both sexually, communicatively, uh, when there's a good flow of respond, response to whether to whatever uh, stimuli is coming into the relationship. Awesome. Mm, beautiful. 
Next question, guys, please. Oh, we're ready for another one. All right. I would love Sarah to start with this. Oh, one. I love when Erin takes charge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, right. So something that turns me on is blank. <laughs> we did this question a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much everything. Well, I wasn't there. Right. And a lot of people are, are logging on for the first time. So. Mm-hmm. You can, well, and, it's, and it, my answer has changed now because um, <laughs> it's not the same thing that was turning me on before. <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of it. Tell me, babe, what it turns okay. you on. So what turns me on right now is, oh, God, so, so many things. How can I pick one? I got to, I want to have like the most the one where there's the most charge right now. And, hmm, that would be, uh, I'm having a hard time with this one. You don't, you don't have to just pick one, just go. Just go? Okay. Well, you can have a list. The question is most, right? Um, Okay. No, it's so, just, it just some. It just said something that turns me on is, but we could say some things that turn me okay, on are. Things turns me on. So I'm really turned on by my jade egg practice right now. Um, that's really something that I've started up again, and it's feeling really good. I'm feeling um, like just this internal joy bubble up from it, uh, and I've I've missed this practice. I kind of like haven't done it for the last couple of years and so um but it's really good like i definitely feel just like just this internal joy that comes up again when i'm working with the the jade jade egg for those of you that are familiar with it um it comes from the taoist tradition and it's actually uh an egg uh, formed out of jade and you women can insert it vaginally and do different exercises with it internally so like i move the egg up and down my vaginal canal squeezing it to different points um do like yoni yoga type stuff with it um but i notice right away when i'm using it just the the difference in my mood so I'll say that's that's what's turning me on at the moment. Beautiful. An egg in my pussy. <laughs> yes, for pleasure. How about you, Glenn? What turns you on? Currently, Aaron, uh, the thought of an egg in Sarah's pussy. <laughs> How did how did I know you were gonna say that? I know, I, I, I'm not the only one around the, the world right now that would say that. Uh, so, something that always turns me on are people with great senses of humor that get humor and that don't take themselves so seriously. That they, they, they can enjoy uh, the irony and the silliness of this life. That, that that's always a turn on for me. Beautiful. How about you? You know, um, something that's been really turning me on lately is expressing my sensuality, uh, like in public places. I've taken to carrying a feather, uh, like an ostrich feather around with me, like when I go to parties or like the farmer's market, like really like just normal places where people are, uh, in public. And, um, 
And it's just like, I'd like tickle myself a little bit or I'll like tease other people and play with them. And it's like, it's so sexy, but also like really innocent at the same time. And I just love like teasing people like that. Like the reactions I get are really, really fun. That's Aaron Hickok and the Sarah Rose story. And they're sticking to it. 